So the Fed has lifted rates by 75 basis points. No surprise there, although the markets have responded, perhaps because there's been quite a move in where the Fed expects to go next, up further for longer. So what about the Bank of England there next in a country where the bank wants to cool demand and the Prime Minister wants tax cuts to boost demand? Go figure. And Vladimir Putin calling up new recruits and threatening the use of nuclear weapons. No bluff, he said. Can't we just get him a good psychologist to sort out his issues? It's Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it is, of course, a public holiday today across Australia, but we are bringing the podcast from the NAB team in London. Gavin Friend is joining me. and uh, We couldn't skip today because there's just too much going on, in particular the Fed, and there's been quite a response to that. Bonds have moved, as you might imagine. 10-year Treasuries have actually moved down five basis points, but two-year yields were up 10 basis points to 4.07%, falling four basis points since then, but still over 4%. And we're seeing front-end yields up outside the United States as well, ahead of the Bank of England in the UK, two-year gilt yields up over seven basis points, almost 3.37%. Australian 10-year yields were up three basis points to 3.66% yesterday, but up eight basis points on futures since then, up around 3.74%. And a big move up on the US dollar. It's up 1% now, up over 1.2% earlier. The euro is now worth less than 98.5 US cents, falling 1.2% today. The pound has fallen 0.9%. The Aussie down 0.8% at 66.4 US cents now. Uh, and stocks took a hit from the Fed. The Dow is down 1.7%, the same for the S&P 500. The Nasdaq has lost 1.8%. After a fairly choppy journey, they actually gained a little after the Fed, then changed their minds. In Europe, which closed, of course, well before the Fed, shares were up, up 0.7% for the Eurostoxx 50 and 0.6% for the FTSE 100. And if the Fed wants to weaken demand, no surprise, oil is down. We've got a 0.9% drop in WTI. Brent is down half percent just above $90 a barrel. Both were down quite a bit more than that earlier. So the Fed, the Bank of England next. Gavin Friend joins me from NAB in London. So a bit of a reset in currencies and bond yields, even though we were expecting a 75 basis point rise. That rise in two-year yields suggests, doesn't it, that some people were expecting less from that. Imagine if they've actually gone for 100. Yeah, uh, morning, Phil. So, um, well... (laughs) Uh, you, you look at the dot plot, and actually uh, they've almost got the same sort of effect, haven't they? So uh, 75 basis points, um, it's the third um, large, not normal hike, as Jay Powell said after the first time they used uh, 75 basis points two meetings ago. And, you know, with the dot plot for the rest of this year showing a median uh, Fed funds uh, uh, rate of 4.4%, I mean, that implies another 75 and another 50. Um, so, you know... Yeah. And to give you some context, in June, that figure was 3.4%. That's so correct. So that mm. sort of uh, not normal is turning out to be very normal indeed if it goes for four <laughs> uh, meetings. The message from the Fed statement and new sort of um, uh, project economic projections and dot points was unambiguously hawkish uh, in a way that the committee appears to be signaling its intention to get, you know, get the Fed funds target rate well up into ter- uh, sort of restrictive territory and stay there, I think. And indeed, in his press conference, uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell said um, his main message had not really changed from Jackson Hole uh, in August. So, you know, as you say, we go from, you know, three to three and a quarter now on the current range to 4.4 by 
the end of this year. Um, and then 4.6 mid-2023, so another 25 basis points next year. It's not until 2024 that rates start to come back down again. So on the, on the new dot plot, down by 75 in 2024 and a further 150 uh, in, in 2025. It's worth pointing out there's quite a big divergence in the dot plot for this year. Yes, well, some have, even got year. Fi- yeah, some have even got 5% for next year. So, absolutely, they're all over the place, aren't they? Yeah, so just to break this down, so for this year, actually, it would only take one voter and you wouldn't be at 4.4, you'd be, you'd be at 4.1. So, so, so maybe we only get two lots of 50. Um, it's still not out of bounds. But I think you're right, you know, if you, if you then look through at the trajectory, um, 4.6 and and they are stacked up in that higher four and a half to five percent uh, uh, sort of range for the year after. So that suggests, you know, that message um, that they're going to go up there, get into a, a restrictive territory, and stay there. And in fact, that's what Powell said. I mean, that's exactly what he said. Um, that's the view that they're looking yeah, for. No mention of soft landing anymore, is there? Grades have gone up three percent so far this year, and, and and Jerome Powell, you know, made the point that they were looking at the, the the rate of growth, which has softened. But the other thing they were looking at is the labour market. So they've got that 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 softening of growth, but not the labour market. I mean, so that is clearly now their absolute main focus, isn't it? And that doesn't seem to be moving. So the question is, you know, how far do they do they have to go before they uh, before they do see that happen? And he was he he pointedly refuses to answer the question which he keeps on getting asked how will you know when you've gone too far he doesn't know the answer to that one he just yeah. says it's complicated no no he do- no he doesn't but he's he's pretty clear he's saying and he, you know he said in very clear words um, there isn't a painless way to get inflation down um, you know so you've got you've got that big hit to growth so the, the, the growth outlook for the forecast for this year goes from one and a half, one point nine range to essentially nothing, point one to point three. Right? You know, you know, it's essentially flat, nothing there. And then um, we're at one percent next year, twenty twenty three. So that's again down from just below two percent from trend. Um, so to below trend. Um, and it's still a meagre one point seven and one point eight. I mean the Fed actually thinks that's trend. I mean that's how disappointing it is in the outer years, twenty four, twenty five and longer term. It's all pretty, that's, that's all pretty disappointing. And to your point about the unemployment rate, I mean, that's seen ticking up now from 3.7 to 4.4 next year and really staying there until 2025. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think he's, Powell's not, he's not making any excuses about this. You know, he's, he's not trying to sugarcoat it. I, if anything, the risk is, is that the outcome to, to unemployment uh, is, and to the, sort of the economy itself is growth ends up being even weaker and um, unemployment tend, you know, ends up going even higher to get yeah, well, to where they want to be. And that's well, surely the it is. I mean, will- could, yeah, I mean, it, would, it sort of makes sense, doesn't it? If we've got low growth now, but employment is uh, is quite high, unemployment is low. If, if unemployment is going to kick up, then surely that's going to hit growth. And that's where you start to look at that word he's not going to mention, a recession. Can you have yeah. in, unemployment growth increase that much? And not have a recession. That's the question. No, I mean, you, you might argue that the, the, the forecast they've got, they're not too bleak. They're not great, but they're not, they're not, they're, the Fed would not describe flat growth or 1% next year as, you know, as, as a deep recession. It wouldn't do. I mean, it, it, would be, it would be very happy, I'm sure, if it could pull inflation down from where it is now to those kinds of levels and get away with that kind of performance. 
the question is, will they? Um, and it was interesting, actually, if you look at the market reaction to your point earlier on, you had this big knee-jerk jump in yield, sort of 11 basis points in the twos to 4.11. Um, you know, tens up half of that. And then they kind of reversed. It's almost as if, and actually within that, the twos tens and the twos thirties curve inversion extended a little bit further. So it's almost like the market is saying, blimey, you know, you really do mean it, don't you? And um, this is not going to be, you know, perhaps we haven't factored in the hit to the economy as much as we should do. Um, And that's a natural reaction if the Fed, you know, suggest it's got more skin in the game and it's really going to, it really means it this time, you know. Yeah, and um, it has, of course, added to the US dollar as well, just going from strength to strength. I'm not really quite sure where does that end. Well, I mean, you know, so if you're going to underpin twos at, you know, four, four and change, um, all else equal, that does suggest that that's positive for the dollar. You've got to look at it across, you know, what what is going on in other central banks. They are all picking up the pace and they're picking it up as we saw. Um, 100 basis points by the Riggs Bank. You know, we've got um, the Bank of England later today and the SMB and the Norwich's Bank. They're going to go variously between 50 and 75 basis points. So they are they are going to be reeling in the Fed at some point. But for the dollar, it's really all about, you know, there is this yield premium at the moment. The other central banks are catching up, but markets will be looking for how, if the economy in the US starts to tip over, it's a fairly quick path from that to looking at, well, actually, if we price too much negativity into Europe and the UK and China, and then that's when you get the switch in the dollar. So will we, so um, will we see the pound? Could the pound, which uh, you know obviously is at uh, multi-year lows, multi-decade lows, if we, uh, if we see the Bank of England lift their rates by 75 basis points or, or even 100, but even just 75, would that be enough to give the, the, the pound a bit more strength? Will it claw something back? I think, I think 75... You know, might see it, um, might see it hold, hold on, hold on to its ground. But that's not our view, and it's certainly not. Even though the markets are pricing it in, most economists, forty-three out of fifty-one in a Bloomberg survey, think it'll be, um, it'll be fifty basis points. And there's reason for that. I mean, he's not flagged up seventy-five basis points. The bank knows that the sort of mechanical effect to the cap on energy prices is going to lock something like five percentage points off of inflation. And when you think about, you know, what's going on in oil prices, they're down 27, 30%. Um, agricultural commodity prices are down a similar amount, if not more. Global shipping prices are falling. When you get round to the kind of horn of next spring, you're going you're to get the dropping out of effect of the big uptick in energy prices. So, you know, that's no surprise to us that actually there are a number of people now forecasting UK inflation from all but 10% now almost back down to 2% this time next year or by late 2023. And yet the markets, you look at, you know, the markets seem to be suggesting that they're expecting a 4.5% terminal rate from the Bank and of England, pretty similar to the to the. And Fed. that's because the, the, the Liz Truss government is unshack- has plans to unshackle this economy, tear off the red tape, deregulate, and there's just, you know, from what we can see from the media, tax cuts, as far as the eye can see, across all, you know, nothing is up, is, is, is off the table in terms of whether it's income tax, VAT, stamp duty, all of these things they're going to be looking at uh, in a, in a, in a uh, you know, a pretty brazen attempt to try and light the fire under the economy. 
and get it where they need it to be in terms of an election in two years' time. The markets are worried about how they fund all this, and I think that's the point. Whether we can get in this fiscal event on Friday some sort of credible plan in terms of cutting the expenditure, cutting the size of the, of the government, all these kinds of things, if that is seen as credible, and there will be a new DMO guilt uh, issuance calendar coming out shortly after that, then you know the, the pound might hold its hold its way in. But it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly risky policy, and I think most observers are saying, "Well, let's suck it and see." I mean, our view is is that the Bank of England's probably got a bit of time before it needs to crack on with rates further out. If this plan does work, well, the numbers aren't they? Bank of envelope numbers are that the tax cuts that she's introducing could uh, cost fifty billion a year. This is in pounds, forty billion for this cap that was announced in the last twenty-four hours on wholesale energy prices for business. Maybe another fifty billion for households. That's one hundred and forty billion a year in extra spending by the government, which is double the amount that was uh, spent on the furlough through the pandemic. So we've got this interesting thing, haven't we, where the Fed is continuing with its quantitative tightening. Obviously, the Bank of England can't do that because the government's going to be issuing so many new bonds. That's correct, and I think um, you know, um, you know, from from the market's point of view, they're looking at you know a, a, a deficit of ten percent of GDP pushing on, you know, going up, maybe double that, um, and and I think we're just going to have to suck it and see in terms of how does sterling, how do the 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 rate markets take this, you know, in terms of do they think. Um, with the bond markets are start going to suffer from, from from indigestion, and I think that's where the bank can come in because don't forget, you know, the Bank of England has already suggested it will, it is prepared to cut back on its quantitative tightening. You know, it's been, it's doing its passive work at the moment in terms of not reinvesting mature maturing gilts. It's expected from October to start actually selling down gilts, um, you know, from the portfolio. It, it, and it's already signaled it doesn't need to do that if there's a problem in terms of getting guilt sales away, get sales away. So net net, those two things could um, cancel themselves out. But you know, th- th- there's a lot to work through first. I think you know. Now look, we've got the Bank of Japan today, the Swiss National Bank as well. Their interest rate is negative still uh so perhaps a way to go i think the expectation is they're going to go for 75 basis points as well but uh what about japan we're not expecting much from there are we um, no i no i think you're absolutely right we're not expecting anything from japan and you saw from the overnight um action that the boj took in terms of the fixed rate operation um you know just um doubling down on that yield, yield curve control uh nothing there to suggest that they're going to be doing anything yet um, we've also got um, the Norges Bank. Uh, they're expected to raise by 50 basis points. Um, so, you know, th- there's a lot, um, lot not going on in the central bank world. Yeah, and as you were saying earlier, maybe this will start to slow down the, yeah, the the growth in the US dollar as everyone plays catch-up. Look, the other big news today, uh, Mr. Putin uh, calling up the reserves. Uh, conscription, basically. Lots of people are now jumping on planes to get out of Russia. They've got some demonstrations on the streets, uh, all of this happening overnight. Uh, 300,000 people he's conscripting. It should be pointed out these are supposedly going to be deployed quite slowly. I guess they've got to be trained and they've got to get the equipment. But it, uh, it, it don't, I, I, my only take-out from all of this is it demonstrates this war is going to well first of all Vladimir Putin is in trouble but it also demonstrates this war is going to go on for a long time not much impact on markets though on this I mean I guess it's difficult to tell given the, the dollars are being driven largely by the by the Fed at the moment well I, I think we've got we're at, we're at mm. a fork in the road I think naturally you know that that would there's no way that Ukraine is going to is going to slow down but I think 
the Western Alliance will be mindful of this and won't want to, you know, provocate. And we'll, we'll try and we'll try and make sure it doesn't, you know, poke the bear in terms of soliciting some sort of reaction. I mean, because we don't know, do we? We don't know. You know, he's made it very clear that sort of their doctrine is is that they can use this if they feel uh, the territorial integrity is um, is being threatened. Um, and we're not to know that he's not got some sort of tactical nuclear idea, you know, where he'll render Ukraine or Central Eastern Europe agriculturally unusable for the next few decades. I mean, there's a big risk, of course, that would harm Russia as well. But this is what somebody that's cornered, you know, might might be prepared to do. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we've learned anything other that we didn't expect him to do at this point. What is interesting is he's not gone for the full mobilisation. Full mobilisation would have required getting all of Russia behind him. To, to date, this, this, this military incursion has been something that's been going on over there that the ordinary Russians have not really had to deal with, and they've been told it's been going quite well. The news over the last couple of weeks is it has not been going well, and I think it's a very different thing. If you suddenly, to go to a full mobilisation, you're saying to fellow Russians, your sons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. your brothers, your when fathers. People, exactly, when people risk. start coming home in coffins. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very different, so, very different. So I think um, to, to, to us, I mean, there, as always, he'll have a number of different pathways that this could play out. But one is certainly moving towards some sort of off-ramp at some point later in the, in the year. It's going to be incredibly difficult. But again, we talked about the comments from President Xi recently, President Erdogan yeah, of Turkey. Too. They're yeah. all moving yeah. that way. Well, um, well let's we hope he disappears into the gathering twilight and we have someone more moderate, but I'm not quite sure who, who that's going to be, sadly, but uh, maybe there's someone waiting in the wings. Not, if it happens, it's not going to be quick. No, absolutely. Well, look, it's a quiet day today. Apart from those central banks, it is still central bank season this week, isn't it? I mean, it's just crazy for central banks. We get uh, the weekly jobless claims numbers out of the United States, though, given uh, so much of what uh, w- was talked about at, uh, at that press conference is all about the labour market. I mean, it, the those numbers have been showing the labour market is tightening, not easing, if anything. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Uh, but we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Thank you. Cheers, Phil. And apologies that we could only get Gavin on the phone uh, today. It works that way sometimes. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Thursday morning. Enjoy your day off. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>